I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. Hello, I am Jimbo Paris, and this is the Jimbo Paris Show. I'm going to be bringing in now the master promise, Miss Goldbaum. Let's see what she has to say. Hi, how are you? Doing well, doing well. How are you doing today? Well, I'm excited to be on your show. It should be such fun. an honor to have you here. Okay. So, can you please begin by giving me a brief summary about yourself, who you are, what you're about, and what your message is? Well, I've been doing palmistry since I was 10 years old. I like it. I'm still doing it, and I'm 81 and a half. So, I do readings in my home. I'm in fairs. I'm on shows like yours. I lecture and I teach, and it's all with palmistry. And I was introduced to it by my mother when I was 10, when she was a nurse in a hospital. And um, she couldn't leave. The next shift never showed up. So we stayed for an extra eight hours. And I got noisy. So she told me to sit down and read this book. And she just grabbed a book off of the wagon, the volunteer wagon. So I started studying it. And I went back every day for six months to learn from that book because it's a little complicated. And I didn't understand one word in the book, but I understood the pictures, the diagrams. And I looked for that book for 45 years. I couldn't find it, so I wrote my own. And the first book that I wrote was in 1996. I wrote it in one hour, which you can't write a book in an hour, but it was channeled, which to me, that means it came straight from a higher source right through me, and I did it. And that book was accepted by four different publishers, and it was called May I See Your Hand, because that's what I say to everybody, can I see your hand? So that was the beginning of my writing career with uh, palmistry. And I love what I do, and I get to help people, and that's the main thing. Why okay. do you love what you do? Why do I love it? because I can help somebody if they're in a quandary, if they can't figure out if they should change jobs, if they're in a marriage for 23 years and they're stuck and they don't know if they should leave the security of the marriage or stay. So I can guide them. I look on their hand and I tell them what I see. And I say, I don't tell anybody what to do. I just show you what your destiny is. You're born with a hand, right? And then the hand when you're born has little lines on it and it's about little tiny line, baby hand, but the lines show if you're supposed to go to college, if you're going to get married three times or never be married, it's all on there. And then the baby grows up, has experiences, and those lines can move, meander, change, start, stop, but they're there. And I interpret what I see, okay? So you're one of the first palm readers I've ever heard of that actually does palm reading remotely by scanning hands, I've heard. Well, some, what people, does that work? some people do a lot of things. They do the tarot cards and numerology, but they don't know palm. I don't know all those other things. I only yeah. know what I know from what I studied when I was You're a specialist. And I think I became a specialist. They used to call me in Colorado where I lived before. I was known as the love psychic, and I don't think that's right because I don't say I'm psychic. We all are a little bit. So I just say that I interpret the lines and I became the soulmate specialist because the most people that I see that need help want to know where their soulmate is, if they're with their soulmate, why are they miserable if they're with their soulmate? And it's men and women that ask me the same questions. 
So I wrote the second book called Soulmate Connections. It's this one right here. So I wrote four books. The first one was May I See Your Hand. That's how I teach classes out of it. A person could read that book and teach themselves. It's that simple. And there's a diagram on almost every page. Then because I wrote the Soulmate book, I decided I should have my own TV show. So I, in Colorado, I had a show with the same name, Soulmate Connections, because a connection is where two people meet, connect, recognize the energy, and everything in this world is energy, right? So you have a person and a person, and if they blend like this, and they fit pretty, not perfect, but almost perfect, that's a soulmate connection. Then it means they recognize the energy, not what the person looks like today. So to me, soulmates means reincarnation. If you know what that is, it means back there in another lifetime when you lived here before. And so people know each other when they recognize that energy. Okay. Quite interesting. So what are the different types of energies people have? Like I've heard of empaths before. Well, but... an empath is somebody who feels your pain can tell when you're hurting somewhere and they say, oh, my big toe is killing me because your big toe is hurting. And they pick up on that. I don't pick up on feelings like that. I pick up on people that are upset and they come in here looking for an answer. They walk into my house to get a reading and their face is way droopy. When they, their face is lit up like a Christmas tree, they're because I showed them guidance. I gave them an idea of what they might could think about doing with their life. So yesterday I read, or Sunday, I read a couple that were here. And the woman had been here in April. She brought the guy she's dating. And she wanted to know if it's her soulmate. So I said, well, I can't tell you that in front of him. And I wouldn't anyway. Call me tomorrow. Sure enough, Monday morning, phone rings. She calls me. Is that my soulmate? I said, well, yes, it is. You're a match set. But if you have to ask me, then there's a problem. Because you should just know it knowing it's called being in awe awe in your gut feeling you just know i'm home okay it's a very good answer and how do you i've heard a lot of psychics talk about this but how do you tap into your gut feeling as you would say or intuition i agree um, gut feeling okay. is totally i use a couple tools so first i have two pieces of amethyst in front of me and amethyst is for intuition then I use a great big crystal about this big. I could show it to you. But the crystal is probably I've had 40 years and it's for clarity. So intuition and clarity. And I put it right in front of me, aimed at across for me. And that's how I give it. It's my tool or my crutch or my way to get in. So once I'm in, that's it. So they can't lie to me because I get it. See? That's quite interesting. So... You also do crystal work as well because you use amethyst too. Right. So I like, I use pink quartz if somebody's hurting and they have pain and that's physical pain, not mental. And that's when I use that. And I say to them here, I'm going to break off a piece and I give them a chunk of mine. And I say, take this home with you, put it under your pillow or keep it in your purse. Man, I say, keep it in your pocket and that will help you. And it does, it works. I don't know how or why. I just know pink pink quartz is a healing component. Has so you healing. provide, yeah. So you provide other services as well. So you do psychic readings, but you also do healings and cleansings too. 
No, I don't do that. Okay. I can't do a healing because I'm not a doctor. I might tell somebody you need to watch what you're eating or go stand on the grass barefoot because you need to have the energy of the earth coming through. But I don't tell, I'm not a, not allowed to prescribe things or tell people what to do. And then because I'm not a healer, but I heal. So it means it heals that if somebody has a sore spot in their heart or they're hurting other ways, I can help them to get past that hump. Okay. So when I do a reading for somebody and it's on the internet, because I talk to people in 93 countries so far, I do a five to six page type report. It's pretty in depth. And each one is individual. It's not generic. Everybody's different. So their whole story is different. And after a person reads that, they reread it a couple times. Then they get in touch with me and they go, oh, my God, I got you got me. Or how did you know that? Or why do you think I had back surgery? And I say, well, didn't you? And they say, well, yeah. <laughs> so I said, you can't lie to me because it's on the hand and I know how to find it. Okay. So I've had murderers, kidnappers, embezzlers, blackmailers, UFO people. I've seen them all. <laughs> And I call him on it. So I had a man in my house one, or at a fair. And I said, I see that you embezzled some money. It looks like 100000 He goes, that's right. I paid that back. I've served my time. How did I know that? I don't know where that came from. I blabbed it, I blabbed it out, but it was right. I was right on the money there. So with palm reading, do you actually have to, how does the reading sort of work technically? Is it more yeah. difficult than tarot reading or is it more... Would it doesn't feel the hand, or could you just see it from here? Well, first of all, palmistry is scientific. Some of the other stuff isn't, but I know this is. And then when I wrote my first book in 1967, I found out that every medical school in the United States made the physicians, residents, take one whole day of palmistry. And I thought, well, that's weird. I wonder why. After I wrote the book, I found that out. So I looked it up and it's because they can look at a newborn baby's hand, their little palm, and see if there's congenital heart failure, if the kidneys are formed right, they can see everything they need to see on a little tiny palm. So that makes it scientific as far as I'm concerned. So I think the tarot cards and some of that other stuff is kind of, it's out there. It's in woo-woo land. And what I do is not out there like that. And when you do this, do you ever have any challenges or misconceptions? Like, I know along this route, you must have had some struggle learning palmistry and the science of it. How did you, what were some of I your started, big... Well, when I started reading people, I wasn't very good. I got maybe 25% right when I was a 10-year-old in the fourth grade. By the time I was 20 and married the first time, I was getting 50% right. Now I get 90 to 95% right because I'm not perfect. I never said that. You know, if I was perfect, they'd call me God. So I'm not. I miss on a few little small details sometimes, but I'm pretty close to almost right. What are your, some of your best client success stories? Well, well, I've done famous people that you would have known. Of. If I mention them, you'll know them. So Gerald Ford used to be our president, right? So um, when I lived in Colorado, he did a fair where, I mean, I did a fair and he was a keynote speaker. And so it was upstairs in a place called Eagle's Nest, which is really high up. 
and he came upstairs and it was called Cirque du Soleil. And there was two palm readers, two jugglers, two belly dancers, two of everything. And he got in my line, but I had this big long line and I never look up. I'm busy doing my thing with the magnifier looking at him. And he sits down in the chair across from me like this. And he goes, I don't believe in this stuff. I don't know what I'm even doing here. And I look up and I go, oh my gosh, it's Gerald Ford. Well, he had four secret service standing behind him. So I said, you know, you better have them go across the room because I have a big mouth and they're going to hear what I have to say. So he said, you're probably all a bunch of fakers anyway. I'm going to call, go downstairs and tell everybody not to come to you. You're a big fake unless you tell me something only I know. So I made a little prayer to myself that I'd be really brilliant. And I said, okay, I'll tell you something only you know that I'm going to pick up off your hand. And I got it. And he jumped up and yelled, I'm a believer. And those secret service were on me like I killed them. I mean, they pounced on me. And then they got in line right behind them. <laughs> and I read them. Then I've done movie stars. And I did Ivana Trump before they were ever divorced. And I said, uh-oh, I see there's trouble in River City, which is my code for there's going to be a divorce. And she goes, oh, no, me and the Donald are like that. And two weeks later, their divorce was announced. So I got that. Then I've done uh, Kevin Bacon, who's a movie star, Sly Stallone, John Travolta, Jackie Gleason. You might not know some of those people, but you might. Oh, John Travolta. <clears throat> okay. So I've done a lot of, I did Irma Bombeck, who wrote a lot of books. I did Donahue, who used to have a TV show. He was daytime show that he was on nationwide. So I've done a lot of people, and every one of them were successful. Every one of them had a career path and their head was this big. And when I'd read their hand, they became human. They came right back down because I put them in their place. And I'd say, now let's not get all crazy here. Let me just see what I can get. And I would get them. And I got most of them a hundred percent or close to it. Well, the interesting thing I find about palmistry is that do you ever get blockages? Are there ever people that are very hard to read? only had out of the 57,962 that I've read, two I couldn't read. And both of those people said, yeah, I heard that before. And everybody I ever go to tells me the same thing. And that's not a blockage with them. It's their hand didn't have the right material for me to look at. It was a blank. It was like somebody took an iron, ironed their hand, and all the wrinkles were gone. or All the striping was gone. There was nothing there, both of them which is just a weird phenomenon, okay? So I've read, I've written, read a lot of people and everybody I've gotten except those two. And I keep so, track of every reading. So. so does the condition of the hand actually affect how it works? Like, for example, my hand has calluses a bit. No, no. Work out Take both right. hands and fold them up like this. Fold your hands up in front of, okay, in front of your eyes and tell me which thumb is on top. <clears throat> what thumb right. did you? The left or the, the left right? Thumb, and aren't left. you right-handed? Yes. I know that. From looking into your eye, I knew you were right-handed. But that says you were born left and you got switched. See, whatever thumb goes up first is who you really are. That means you do things a little different than some other people. Would you admit that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I own this podcast. So. It means you think you see that you can visualize or you can see things or you can 
decorate a room or whatever it is with your own flair, your own style, your own whatever it is that makes up you that isn't like everybody else. It means you're unique, okay? So my left goes up too. So if you can see behind me in the bookcase over there, I don't know if you can see that, but all my crystals and hands and all kinds of stuff. People my age don't have collections of rocks and crystal balls and all that, but I do because that's my thing. You know, it's my that's my joy over there. So everybody has different ways they decorate or how they dress, like you're dressed very nice, very neat. Some people are slobs. I mean, you know, just so when I read a hand, if somebody is really, I look in their work line, for instance, and it doesn't show very much work. I say, so you're laid back. And they go, well, yeah, how do you know that? It means they're lazy, but I can't say that. So I just say, well, I see that you don't really like to put any effort forward. And they go, yeah, that's, that's the kind of line. So I do five basic lines and they're the lifeline or you wouldn't be here if you didn't have that. The love line, which everybody wants to know about, work, reproduction, and then the wrist has bracelets on it. And if you bend, put your elbow on your stomach, your right hand, put your elbow up against you, raise your hand up towards your nose so that you wrinkle it like that. Wrinkle your, okay, now look at your wrist and you should see a bunch of, a bunch of striping. You see a couple rows, maybe two? Yes. I can't see it from here. But okay, so each row represents 25 years. First row is zero to 25. Second one's 26 to 50. I have a whole mess of them because I'm way past that, see? I don't know if you could make that out or not, but these are what we're, so each row here, <laughs> each row represents 25 years on everybody. So some people have four rows and they're gonna go almost to a hundred and some people have two and a half and I don't say anything. Then if I see it's a short couple of lines there and they're past a certain age, if they're over 50, I go, how about that weather? <laughs> and I just change the subject because I'm not going to tell somebody how long they're going to live. That isn't what this is about. It's the gene pool that a person comes from. It's what you're made up of, who you, all your background from way back there, all the different people that became you, that you become from them. Okay. So this is actually an inherited thing. So have you ever had a father and then a son or a mother and then a daughter and then the daughter's daughter and you would see certain patterns right it's called familial and i can see that right i once did twins and nobody told me they were twins they weren't identical first one came and sat down then about an hour later the other one came and i said haven't i been here before i know this hand she said no i haven't seen you before i said well there's where you come from and this is your mother and father's strength and here's your grandparents and i got the whole thing i've done blind people deaf people, people that were mongoloid, just all different kinds of people. And I can do them because a hand is a hand. If you could take all the people you've worked on and put them into a few primary categories, what would those categories be? Just a simple thing where I could understand and the audience could understand. Okay. Happy people who are content, secure, don't really need me, but they're interested or curious. And you have sad people who are upset with their relationship or their work or where they live or, or whatever it is there, I can get that. And there's people, so that's happy and unhappy. Then there's healthy and unhealthy. Then there's people that are have 
larceny in their heart. They're not truthful. They're not, they're bad people. And I get bad energy on them. I once did a fair and a man said to me, sat down, read me as fast as you can. And I said, no, every reading is 20 minutes. I'm not going to rush through it. He said, you don't understand the mothership is circling the building. They want to take me to my new planet. That was a looney tune. I didn't need that. But I did his reading. He got up and ran out the door because he thought he was going to his new planet. Okay. Those are what got the loonies. <laughs> That's another category. Don't always get those. But I once had a guy that um, heard me on a radio show in Denver. I made him an appointment in about three weeks at his appointment. He showed up at my front door. We went down in the downstairs where I did the palm readings in my room, my office. He says, I took me three days to get here. And I said, why is that? He said, I had to hitchhike. So I said, well, what did you do in between those three days? He said, well, I slept under a bridge above the hobos because I knew I was trying to get to you. And I finally made it on my date on the right day and the right time. So I start reading his hand and I said, oh, you like UFOs, don't you? And he says, you want to see over here where they put inserts in me? And I said, let's go outside and sit on the patio. I didn't want to be in the house. He was bad energy all the way. So we got all done. I said, so where do you live? He said, well, I escaped from the mental hospital. So that's not a good thing to be home alone with something like that. So he, he said, I snuck out. They didn't know. They didn't miss me. So those are the different categories. So there's happies, unhappies, just all different kinds of things. But everybody has issues at different times in their life. Things come up. Another interesting thing you said was about the hands actually changing. You think the certain parts like the wrist here or so no, that's forth. not going to change you know how when you were in school you studied when they chop a tree down they know how old the tree is they count the rings these are yeah. rings same thing um a vet in the dog's mouth and tell you how old the dog is by the bumps on the roof of their mouth somebody that knows grass can pull a blade of grass out and tell you how old the grass is so the bracelets aren't going to change what changes is if you have experiences take you up it takes you down, it's going to impact your brain, and it shows up on the hand. Mm. Anything you go through, so a marriage, a high school graduation, a college degree, whatever it is that you go, whoo, and then you go, oh, up, down, up, down, because that's life. That's what happens to everybody. It's going to show up on there. So the lines do change because that baby grew up and had experiences, right? I'm going to give you a why question. Why palms? Why do palms give us so much information? Why not the soles of the feet or something else? Why the palm? Okay, it's like a blueprint. Think of it as a blueprint. And your palm is your blueprint. It's your roadmap how to get from here to there. And so everything that happens to you was on that trip that you took, which is life. Life is a trip from birth to death is how you handle things and how you go through life. And so what shows up on the hand is your blueprint of your life. That's the way I think of it. Very interesting. And when it comes to palm reading, can you palm read non-humans as well? What's, so a, non what's a non-human, like an animal? Yes. They don't have lines. Like my dog has paws. And if you look on the bottom of the paw, there isn't a single line there because they represent a different species than us. And what they have, other dogs can read it. They know how to sniff each other out and figure out what's going on. But I don't know how to do that. Okay, okay. And I hope I never meet a UFO person, <laughs> a real one. 
And have you ever experienced a person where their palms have changed significantly since last time you worked with them? How well, does it actually work? Yeah. Okay, some people think they need a six-month checkup, and I tell them that's fine. If you want to come back, I'll see what changed, and I don't charge them for a full reading because they already had that. So I look to see, and if they have a certain area, and I always say, if you have questions, let me know what they are, and I'll look in a specific area. So they said, no, surprise me. Well, I love that the best because it's like being a detective and I get to go in from, I memorize every hand I ever do. I don't know how I do that because I'm a C student in school, but this I'm A++. So every hand I ever look at, whether it's on the internet or in person, I know that hand, okay? So I look at their hand and I can catch up where they were for the last six months. So I went to my high school reunion. I think it was my 45th, a long time ago. But I went and everybody ran up to me and gave me their hand because they knew I did this. And I could catch up and say, so you were in the Vietnam War, but you came home, but then you had to have back surgery. And they go, who told you all about that? I just get it. I, I get it from looking at the lines and then it comes to me. And how does it actually come to you? Is it more of like it comes through like looking at the alignment of the stars, but it's the alignment of the hand? Nope. Comes to me probably for, through God or through a higher power. I don't know. Everybody says I'm gifted. I don't think so. I think we could all do that. I've taught many people how to do what I do. And um, when I teach a class, I make them buy my first book, the May I See Your Handbook. And I teach right out of that book. And they study it and they get it. And they go, oh, I understand this now. Then I tell them you have to practice. Just like if you went and took piano lessons, you do one hand and two hands and both hands and a foot pedal and you're doing music. Well, with this, you have to practice. So the first one you read might not be so good. Second one might be a little better and then it gets better with the more that you do. So I'm at the top of my game. I can't get any better than where I am right now, but I still love it. I wouldn't be working 40, 50, 60 hours a week if I didn't like it. And I, I started this in 1996 full time. I gave up my corporate after 35 years, a corporate job, and I went to this. Mm. So that's a long time. That's 25 years doing this for myself. And the house we live in in Florida, I bought with palm reading money. So I saved up for 10 years to get that. And why are you at the top of your game? In a sense, I definitely believe that you're at the top of your game, but what makes you stand out from other palmists? Is well, it your tribe? Is it your experience? Well, when people walk away after a reading with me, they are completely astounded and they go, I can't believe it. And they're just so completely in, they're just happy. And the thing is, other palmists are, they might be cut and dried. I don't know. I have a little personality and it kind of comes out. We laugh and we joke back and forth. And I have a regular rapport, but I have to turn that, get that. So now my husband got it. Okay, so what happens is when I'm happy doing what I'm doing, it shows right in my face. Somebody said they once walked by me in a fair and they didn't recognize me. And I said, why? And they said, you don't look like you when you're doing a reading, you're in another whole place. And I said, is that bad or good? They said, it's fantastic. They liked that I was enjoying what I was doing. It was a friend of mine. And she said, if I didn't know you, I would think you were somebody else. And I said, why? She said, your face lights up just like the person you're reading. You're both grinning together and laughing and you're having a good time. And if I can't have fun, why would I do it? You know, 
so I worked part-time in a little store in the town I live in up until a year ago and when I quit during COVID. And it was a little metaphysical store. And after doing people, I just worked one day a week, Tuesdays. And I thought, why am I even doing that? I don't need it. I just couldn't believe I did it. So after a year, I dropped it. And then COVID came in and I didn't care. But during COVID, I could only do them on the internet. And I got very proficient at internet readings. So I can have as many as 14 in an inbox waiting on me at one time. That's a takes me an hour and a half to do a single reading. And I did want to tell you, I'm offering a special. If anybody tells me they heard me on your show, I would give it to them at 50% off. And so normally it's 100 for a reading and I would do it for 50. But they have to email me and tell me they heard it through you. And my email is palmist at myrnalu.com. And that's spelled L-M-I-S-T at, and my name is M-Y-R-N-A-L-O-U. It's all one word. It looks like Mary Lou, but it's Myrna Lou. And I was named for a movie star named Myrna Loy. And I'm sure you heard of her, you're too young, but my mother liked her. So when somebody can get a $100 reading for half off, that's a pretty good, you know, so when I did one show out of Canada, just to give you an example, I got 40 readings from one show. That's a lot of readings. Took me months to get through all those because I had my own people in between. My own stuff was coming in, not just those people. And to give people sort of a landscape and a view of how palm readings are done online, are palm readings done online harder or different compared to? The same for me. Oh, Let okay. me just show you. This is the line, the hand that I use. Can you see that? Yes, I see that. Okay. So those were the five basic lines I was telling you about life, love, work, reproduction. Okay. So those come in fine. Facts, if somebody faxed me, it wouldn't come in. I can't read a fax, but I can read a hand if it's um, just a picture taken with their phone and they scan it and send it to my email. So I t first they have to write to me and say they wanted it half off. And they heard me on Jim, you know, your show. And then I say, okay, then I will do it at half off. So uh, normally I don't like to do that, but I do it for radio shows because I think that's only, that's fair, you know, to give people a break. <clears throat> I don't really need the money. I don't do it for the cash part. I do it for the, gives me an up. It's like my therapy to do somebody's hand. So if somebody's trying to trick me and they say, I want you to read my hand and they send me the hand of their neighbor, I say, well, this isn't your hand, is it? And they go, how'd you know that? Well, it doesn't sound like how they sound when they were talking to me. And sometimes they talk to me before I do the hand. They'll email me, then we go back and forth. And I can tell by the language or how they're talking. And maybe if it's a really big fat hand and the person sounds like a thin person to me, I don't know how I know. I just know. That's pretty funny when you think about it. Apologies. We're having a storm right now. I'll come with the camera again. Let's just continue here. So can you sort of tell me what advice you would give to someone that's pursuing a career similar to yours? If somebody wanted to learn this, I would say that you have to clear your mind. First of all, the kind of palmistry is called, Hind, is called Oriental, comes from Asia. And Hindu Indian is the one most people know, which is very complicated, very hard to understand and hard to interpret. So I know the one I do is very simple. 
actually in history, Aristotle and Caesar both used the kind I do. And so they, before they would go into battle, they would have their hand checked. How you like that? So actually, if somebody wanted to learn this, I would say the first thing you have to do, if you know anything about Hindu Indian, divorce it from your head because you're going to get all mixed up. And if you do my system, which is simpler, it's easier to digest it. It's easy to teach yourself or you can go take a class. So I've done them on the phone. I've done them on the Internet. You, I can teach it. They just have to have my book in front of them so they can leaf through it. So would you like to see a picture of that one? Of course. Go ahead. I'm going to jump up and get it. It's up here. Okay. This is, may I see your hand? And I'm right on the cover of that. Do you see it? I see it. And so that book has everything a person needs in there to learn how to do this. Almost every page has a hand on it. I don't know if you could see that. But almost every page has an illustration so a person can't get mixed up. If you get stuck, you just look it up. So the soulmate book has stuff the first 17 pages that nobody's ever knew before. Things their mother never told them, like 15 qualities to look for in a mate. Most people know four or five. And then how do you recognize a soulmate? How, where, will they stay forever? Um, what do you need from each other? All kinds of things are in here. So then I wrote another book that was just not love and romance. It was everything else. And that was The Murderers and the Kidnappers. And that one was called The Diary of a Palm Reader. That was so 1997, the May I See Your Handbook came out. I'm still doing book signings with that. I'm still doing classes every time I can get 10 people together, which isn't very hard to do. Then the soulmate one came out in 2003. The diary came out in 2004. And then I was so busy doing readings that I didn't have a chance to write <clears throat> until 2014. And then I wrote my first novel with the palm reader in it. And it's called Cruise to the Other Side. And it's about a cruise ship and a mother and daughter. And it's kind of interesting. And the mother dies. She falls down the atrium steps and she dies in the medical center. <clears throat> and it's just the whole thing. It's all metaphysical. And I had more fun writing that one than all the others put together. Because while I was typing that and writing it, I kept looking behind me. It was creepy. <laughs> and I kept thinking the mother was standing there. So, Why do you think that was happening? Because I, I was so into it. My mind was in with the characters, and I didn't realize I was sitting and typing. One night I was typing. I started at 10 at night, and the next day at 5 o'clock in the morning, I was still typing. And my husband walked in and said, my God, have you been sitting there all night? And I said, what day is it? I didn't even know where I was. I was completely lost in my characters and the storyline. And why do you like writing so much? What sort well, that of... That's what my, my degree is in writing. I went to school for journalism. And so to me, it's easy where other people struggle with every word or every paragraph and they cut stuff out and throw it away. I love everything I write and I don't have any trouble doing it. So they say, write about what you know. And this is something I know. This is like coming out of every pore of my body. So I wrote about palmistry. Now I'm writing another one about a cruise ship and a kidnapping of a two month old baby by a nanny on the cruise ship. So I'm only halfway through that one. So when that one's done, I'll get a publisher again. And what sort of fuels and influences a lot of these themes in your stories? Is it the 
experiences you've had as a palmist or are these? Some of it is, and some of it is my imagination because it's pretty wild. I have a pretty vivid imagination. And some of it is from different people that I've met. They're conglomerate parts of different personalities that I put together to make a character. How do you make a character per se? Well, you have to have, first of all, it was a mother and daughter who went on the cruise. So the mother, I used my mother as a sample, as an example. But then I took other parts from other people's mothers to make it a different person. Then the daughter was, the mother was 62, the daughter was 30. So I took the daughter from a couple of my friend's daughters and I mixed up some of their characteristics to make her. Then I had them sniping at each other and arguing and fighting and all kinds of things. And I don't know in real life that really happened. I just made it up. But the uh, palm reader in that story is on one of the islands and it took a cruise to the Caribbean and the, the daughter says, you better go back to the ship. We're arguing. I think I want to be alone. And she walks down a side street and she sees a woman, a native woman throwing shells, which is uh, one of the things people can read shells when you throw them out. And so she stops there to see what the woman was doing. And she said, my grandmother reads palms. She's in that room back there. Do you want to go in? So she goes in the store with her. The grandma can't speak a word of English. So the granddaughter translates for her. And what she hears is, you better go back to the ship right away or something bad's going to happen, which doesn't happen in a real hand. You can't see that. But I made that up for the story. So she gets back in time to talk to the mother with the deathbed scene in the medical center before she actually dies. So the new one I'm writing is going to have the FBI involved since it's a kidnapping because they get called in. It'll be in an American waters when it happens, either Panama or Costa Rica or Puerto Rico, somewhere where they'll call them in. So as an author, are you self-published? No, don't have to be, never have been. So the first one was by a publisher called Woman in the Moon in California, but she went out of business. <clears throat> so that was a mistake. Four publishers wanted it, and I went with somebody who quit. So then the second next two were with Infinity Publishing, which is not self-publishing. It's a company that paid them to make the, put the book in a format that's book form that makes it this size like this, you know, a regular book. Then the last one was a press. It's called A Buzz Press, and they take your story, they take your manuscript, and they did the cover. They did everything that it needed. And none of them, I didn't have to pay a dime for that one. So that was a real publisher. And so it was the first one. So I would never self-publish. I don't think I have to, because I have enough stuff to say that would be interesting. And the cruise ship one, the cover of that one has a cruise ship with a hand holding it. I got to show you that one. I should have had them all down here. Might as well get them all down. Okay, this one, if you can see it, is a cruise ship. See it with the hand holding it and it says cruise to the other side meaning the other side so because the mother goes to the other side and the diary one here is just the hand holding a diary okay so of those four i love all of them because they're my words you know they're like having a baby when you first open the box from the publisher and it comes to the house you open it up and it's like you gave birth <laughs> it's the most exciting thing four times. So that's why I'm writing the fifth one, because I want that up again. And it's fun to see your name in print, you know, and all that. 
So when I had my own TV show, I had 24 couples come on one show and I had them sit in a long line, like a train, you know, how kids play train and they all put the chair. And then as each couple came up, everybody stood up, moved up one chair or one set of chairs because it was a couple and I interviewed them and they're on YouTube. I'm all over the internet. If you go, if you Googled my name, you would get 28 pages which is a lot of the stuff that I've been in over the years, but I never quit. So that's the thing. I was going to retire and how can I, if you like something, why would you quit it? I would be bored. So. And I think we need to go more in depth into this, but how did you make this transition from being a skilled palmist to a businesswoman that's actually using her skills? Well, that's to the thing. Some of the people that are metaphysical fields, are in La La Land. I don't know where they are, but they don't have a business head and I have both. So when I'm doing the palm reading work, I'm doing the work, but I also pay attention to details and I know what I'm doing and I keep records. That's how I know how many people I've read. So when I was 10, my sister was six. She's now 77. To this day, she walks with her hands behind her and she doesn't want me to look, but I know her hand by heart. Remember, I told you I know every hand when I see it. So I know her hand. I know what her tendencies are. I know what her, you know, what her fears are, what her love of things is. It's all there. I don't have to see it to know. So the best thing is when I got married in, 19, in when I met my husband in 1996, he, I said, you're going to be number 9999. He goes, oh, no, I want to be number 10,000. I said, you don't understand. It's just for me. Nobody cares how many I've read but me. And you're 9999. He goes, no, I'm 10,000. So he tells people to this day he was a 10,000 hand I read. But he wasn't. And that was, look how many years ago, 25 years ago. And I've come all the way up to 57,900. And when you read all of these hands and you look back at it, how does that make you feel? Well, accomplished. Like I got something, I help people. It's an accomplishment for me, and I also get up out of it. So what else? I don't need anything else. To me, that it's like I said, it's my therapy. It helps me if I'm helping somebody else. And that's important because you have something, you have an actual track record to look back on. It's not just about other things because with money, yeah, it's important, but you can't really carry that within you in the same way. People are here today, gone tomorrow. Or they do it for a year, get bored, and quit it. And I never got bored yet. My own mother once asked me before she passed away, aren't you bored with this yet? I said, every hand is a plethora of ideas and stuff and juice. How could I get bored? I like it. And it's like playing a mystery, unraveling the mystery. And people try to hide things, and I get them. I say, so you have a secret uh, safety deposit box. How come your wife doesn't know about it? Oh, who told you about that? I say, nobody. I see it right here in your hand. But the worst thing that ever happened, one time a man came in my house, bounced down the steps, said, I'm married 25 years. How about that? And I say, congratulations. Please sit down. I started looking at his hand and I said, so I see that you see your secretary three times a week in a motel. He go, jumps up and he goes, you're not very good. It's five times a week. <laughs> so that was bad because I couldn't have blurted that out. And how much information could you actually dig up on a person? Is there certain types of information a person can hide 
Well, I can go four hours on one hand. That's how much information is on there. But when I do a reading over the internet, or if I do it in person, in person, I do it in an hour because it's a back and forth and I'm talking to the person. When it's on the internet, they're not talking to me. It's just a blank hand on the screen. So I study it with my magnifier and I start making notes. Then I type it all up. That's why I said six pages typed is a big thing. It takes me an hour and a half to get to that. But each one is different. So there's no set thing. And I just, you know, push a button and give them somebody else's reading. It has to be their hand and their stuff. So I love it It's because some, sometimes I uncover some pretty fun stuff. And I think that's another thing as well that may give you an edge over other palm readers. You actually love what you do and because well, of that, I, you're consistent. Right, but when I do big fairs, when there's maybe 100 readers there and we're all in this big giant room, there could be five palm readers and I'm always the top one. I'm the one with the long lines right in front of me and the people won't get out of line. When the place, when it's over and they turn the lights out, people go, I've been waiting four hours. I'm not going home, you read me. So I've had to use a flashlight and read somebody in the dark because they weren't gonna go home till they got their reading. Or I've done it in my car at the parking lot. And I plug in my recorder into the lighter in the car. Cars used to have a lighter thing that you'd plug in and I could read them and record them in the car before or after a fear. So I manage. <laughs> Very interesting. And is the right hand and the left hand going to give you different readings? Can the uh, left hand look completely because different? Because you were born left-handed, you're kind of different and so am I. I have to read both of them. But if a person is a right-handed and their right thumb comes up on top, like we were doing this, then I just read the right hand. But if they're a which is you and me, have to look at both of them because one is what you're the right hand would be what you wish the left hand would be what god dealt you but you live in a right-handed world and your mother made you right-handed she probably switched you in the crib so now you have to read both hands because i don't know which one god dealt you and which one is your wish hand so we call the one that utopia or wish hand is the one Everybody wishes the same thing, healthy, wealthy, and wise, go on vacations, never worry about money. And the other one is struggle with the job, save the money, be careful with whatever it is you're doing. Say So one is dream world and one is real world. So in a lefty righty, which is what we are. So I've been married three times to a lefty every time because I'm one of them. I, they think the way I think. And so if I had a brain, a human brain here and here, a lefty lefty looks like this. A lefty righty looks a little different because we got switched. So we do things with our right hand, but we think with both sides of the brain. Would you admit that? That you can be logical, practical, sensible, common sense, but also decorate a room or do whatever it is that you have the flair for. See, some people can only do one thing one side of it they can't they don't have both parts of it very good well we use the cards we were dealt with right always it's exactly what god gave you when you were born yeah so i'd like to give out my website if, if i could do that please go on man look me up yeah so it's www.myrnalou that's spelled m-y-r-n-a-l-o-u.com and if they want to email me for 50% off, palmastepmyrnalou.com. 
and I love it. And I would love to hear from people that told me they heard about me on your show. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. And do you have any final words you would like to tell the audience before we let you off here, ma'am? The one thing I would like to tell everybody is don't be afraid of this because it's not scary. And some people go, I don't want you to look, it's scary. And it isn't, there's nothing scary about it. What it is, is a record of your life, your blueprint. And if you don't want me to look, I don't look. So today a woman was here who I read probably five years ago, four and a half years ago. And she said, you told me that I was going to sell my house. And I said, yes. And I told you they were going to lowball you, didn't I? And she said, you told me that. And they did. And so she came to, I just saw her. And so she said, so what, I didn't want you to look because I was nervous. I said, well, I snake looks and I snuck a look and that's how I knew. So she showed me her hand today. So I can be in a restaurant and a waitress sets a cup of coffee down. And I say, so you have three children, right? And she says, yes. And I say, and you have one on the way. She says, shh, they don't know that here. I don't want them to know I'm pregnant yet. How do I get that? I don't know. I don't miss on those kind of things, see? And that isn't really a reading. That's sneaking a look. So when I'm in line in the grocery store, I sneak looks <laughs> just because it's fun for me to do. So you have any other questions? I wore you out. <laughs> That was a very good talk. I think you've answered all of the questions I have to bring to you. And again, guys, you know, you could reach out to her. She's offering a discount. This is really a good privilege. A good gift to have you on the show. Thank you again. I use, okay. I use PayPal. I forgot to say that. Okay. You use PayPal. All yeah. Right. So if they really wanted a reading and they get in touch with me pretty quick, because right now I only have two ahead. And sometimes I have a whole slew ahead and I have to fit them in between my clients that come into the house. So like I'll do one from the internet and one of mine and then two from the internet and a couple of mine. And I just have to do it that way. I go back and forth with them because it's brain strain. <laughs> Actually, when I do one, I'm high as a kite when I'm done. Makes me high. I don't know why. It's better than anything you could think of. It just makes me, I'm happy. You know, so it's an accomplishment that makes you stand tall. So Thank you again. I, when I have my own TV show, I love that. And people say, aren't you shy? Aren't you afraid to get up in front of people? And I would have 100 people, 75 people in the audience besides who I was interviewing. And I'd say, no, what, what should I be nervous about? If you know your subject and you know what you're doing, and you can look at any hand all over the world. It doesn't matter. There, a hand is a hand, right? So I didn't get nervous and I'm not shy. So that's why I said I wore you out with the interview. <laughs> hey, thank you again. Really appreciate it, ma'am. Well, this I, is the Jimbo Parish Show. Thank you for having me. I told you it was going to be fun. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 